Welcome to the Leading Man Podcast. I'm your host, James Haley. This podcast is dedicated to helping Christian men become better leaders at home and in the church. This week's guest is Tony Ingracia, pastor of the Outpost Church and executive director of Freedom Counseling Service, where he specializes in helping men who are struggling with issues of sexual purity. We will discuss his journey to overcome sexual addiction and how other men can overcome it as well. Leading Men is a listener-supported podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, you can help us in a number of ways. First, you can subscribe for free on iTunes and give us a five-star review. Your reviews will increase our visibility and help us reach more men. Second, you can share this podcast with your friends, family, and men's group. Finally, you can provide a donation on our website at leadingmennow.com slash donate. My favorite resource for the week is the book, The One-Year Devotions for Men on the Go by Stephen Arterburn. Last week, my resource was an article that says most of us don't really read the Bible nearly enough. This book contains brief devotions based solidly in scripture and is designed to encourage you to spend time reading and meditating on the truth of God's word. A link to this article will be posted in the show notes on our website at leadingmennow.com. All right, now we're going to talk with Pastor Tony Ingracio. Thanks, Tony. Welcome to the show. Thank you, James. It's my honor to visit with you. And I want to talk to you about um, the sexual struggles men deal with. And I think there's no better way to start off than to ask you about your own personal struggle with sexual addiction. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to do that. Uh, Should I say just a word about myself first? Uh, Sure. Okay. Well, I I am a pastor in the St. Louis area. I pastor a non-denominational church called the Outpost Church, and I'm a licensed professional counselor in the state of Missouri. I hold a master's degree in counseling, and I'm the director of a ministry called the Power of Purity Ministry. And uh, with this aspect of my ministry, I just uh, talk to Christian men about the topic of sexual purity, and I try to help and encourage men with this area. Uh, It's an area where so many men are struggling, uh, and I'm talking about in the church, James. Forget about the culture of the world. I'm talking about in the church. Uh, I use the word plague. I believe it's something that so many good Christian men are struggling with. And uh, I just try to help men understand what it means to bring their sexual gift under the authority of Christ, what it means to practice their sexual gift in a healthier way. And, uh, and really, this aspect of my ministry was born out of the deepest brokenness of my own life, because although I didn't understand it for many years, I eventually came to understand that I myself had a very deeply embedded sexual addiction that I struggled with for many years. Even though I became a Christian when I was 16 years old, I was essentially powerless to manage sexual temptation uh, when it would come my way, which of course was frequently in this uh, very broken world in which we live. We live in a very highly sexualized culture, as you know, so there's plenty of opportunity to act out, plenty of temptation all around us. And it seemed like 
no matter what I did or how hard I tried, I was simply powerless to resist against sexual temptation, and I would yield to it. I would take advantage of it over and over and over again. And of course, I would feel guilty. I would feel shame. I would try to not do it, but it's something that that I struggled with for years and years, and I just didn't know what was wrong with me. And, uh, you know, in the in the Gospel of John, Jesus says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the fact is, as my story unfolded, um, the 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 enemy of our soul was literally trying to close the deal on my life and bring about the total destruction of my life, my marriage, my family, all through uh, my misguided, wounded, and broken sexuality. So I could say so much more about this, James. I'm not sure how much to say, so I'll just let you lead me with questions, and I'll do my best to respond. Okay. What do you think in general causes men to really struggle with sexual sin? Well, that's a a really good question, and and let me say that... uh, I don't sit in judgment of of men who struggle with this. I I think there's, uh, because I get it, you know, I get it. I'm a fellow struggler, and this is something that I've struggled with deeply in my life. But let me give you just a couple statistics. Uh, 68% of Christian men uh, view pornography on a regular basis. And a regular basis basically means... Uh, several times a week to at least one time per month, 68%. 55% of married Christian men view pornography on a regular basis. 77% of 18 to 30-year-old Christian men view pornography on a regular basis. And 50% of pastors view porn on a regular basis. And uh, there's two main reasons, uh, maybe maybe three that I could mention that that occur to me. The first one is, let me just give you a metaphor, okay? Imagine that a, a, a guy goes to work, he's a Christian man, and he loves God, and he goes to church, and he wants his life to count for God, and he's trying to serve God and honor God the best he can. But he goes to work, and for whatever reason, there's a stack of pornography on this man's desk. Uh, you know, and, and magazines are becoming more and more obsolete, but I, I'm 58 years old, so in my day, uh, there were pornographic magazines, uh, Playboy, Penthouse, Hustler magazine, and so forth. So imagine there's a stack of porn, pornography, pornographic magazines on this man's desk. Maybe it's two feet tall. And so he's a Christian, so he thinks to himself, I better not look at that porn. I I know God doesn't want me to. So he resists all day long, and he tries to not look at that porn. And, And if he's doing good, maybe he makes it through the day, maybe a second day, maybe he makes it a week. He keeps coming in. The porn's always there. Maybe he makes it two weeks, three weeks. If he's doing good, two months, maybe three months he makes it. But sooner or later, James, I would advocate that the average guy, he's going to come into work one day and he's going to have a bad day. Maybe he's mad at God. Maybe he's depressed. Maybe he had a fight with his wife. And the temptation is simply going to be overwhelming. And he's going to think, well, I'll just take a look. I'll I'll sneak a peek. Nobody will know. And he's going to succumb to this temptation because it's always there, constantly there. It never goes away. 
And this is basically the situation that we have, James, with internet pornography. If a, if a guy has a laptop computer and a smartphone, with vir- which virtually all of us have in this day and age, then, then we know, every man knows that this unlimited, unending stash of pornography is always there within his reach, literally just one or two clicks away. And it just wears down the average guy. It's just too much temptation. And he tries to not look, tries to not look, but uh, but he, he ends up looking, you know. Uh, so the, the first reason to answer your question, why do men do this, is it's so available, it's so accessible, it's ridiculous. It, it's literally one or two clicks away. The second thing that occurs to me is just the reality of the flesh, okay? And uh, I don't know what your theology is, um, but I would advocate that the Bible very clearly teaches that there's something that lives within us, even as Christians, that compels us to still sin as long as we're in this world and in this fleshly body. Whether you call it the flesh, the old man, the old nature, the sin nature, the lower nature, the Adam nature, uh, the earthly nature, whatever you want to call it, we all have a proclivity toward temptation and sin. The Bible simply calls this the flesh. And uh, I'm turning in my Bible here quickly to the book of Galatians, and I just, uh, I'll go ahead and read a verse or two from Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature or the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So the the reality is that we have the flesh. You know, the flesh is within us. The flesh is hard to control. The flesh has its sinful appetites. And so now we have a combination of two factors working against the average Christian man. Number one, we have this availability that's always there. Number two, we all have this very natural struggle with our sinful self, and our our flesh has a proclivity and appetite toward these things. And then the third thing I'll just mention, uh, if I had to pick one word, I'd just pick the word story. And the, the idea that every man has a story, the story of our life. And uh, the reality is that for many of us, James, uh, you know, they say a building is only as good as its foundation. If the foundation is is crooked or broken or cracked, then the building's going to be crooked. Uh, and the, the point I'm getting to is what is the sexual foundation that was laid in the average guy's life? You know, many of us have had... Uh, uh, I, I guess what I want to say is that the foundation for so many of us, how we learned to experience sex, how we learned to think about sex, our earliest experiences with sex and pornography, many of us have had profoundly ungodly, unholy uh, situations and events and circumstances and things that have happened to us and things that we have done. And as a result, our story is very wounded and broken. And so I might say that in a way, 
the average man is already limping sexually, you see. And uh, as a result, uh, we have these issues, these wounds, uh, these issues in our life that maybe we've never, ever dealt with. And uh, it, it, it lends itself towards se- sexual temptation and sin. So I'm sure the list could go on and on, but these are just a few of my immediate thoughts. Why do men struggle with this? Okay, thanks for that. And there's some just general questions that come to mind. That, you know, a lot of a lot of sorry, a lot of men are currently listening, thinking, "Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think I really have a problem." For instance, maybe I don't watch porn all the time; it doesn't consume my life. But you know, maybe when my wife's not in the mood, I may watch a little when I'm by myself. When the wife's not in the mood, is that such a bad thing? Right. Well, uh, that's a good question, and I think that it's uh, it, it is something that's very common. Um, you know, I, I think the average guy has a proclivity to rationalize and justify and minimize, and uh, you know, we're, we're quick to try to justify to ourselves why maybe it's not that big of a deal, and so we tell ourselves uh, these statements that in my estimation are lies well everybody does it anyway so what's the big deal and if nobody knows about it then what's the big deal and if I don't you know I try to not look too much then what's the big deal and if my wife doesn't know and so we we rationalize it but I I guess I would just say uh, James that uh, if you take a look at the holy word of God in my estimation, it's very, very clear that God calls us as Christian men to be men of sexual purity, to honor God and to honor our wives with our sexual gift. And uh, it's like just, it's in my estimation, it's like saying, well, just a little bit of sin isn't too bad, you know. If I could read one scripture here from 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Beginning in verse 3, it says, It's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God, and that in this matter no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. For the Lord will punish men for all such sins as we have already told you and warned you. So I would just uh, say, James, as a Christian brother, as a pastor, as a counselor, I disagree with the rationalization that most most men use. It's not. It, it isn't a big deal. What's the big deal? Uh, frankly, I think it is a big deal. If you're seeking to be a man of God that's living a life that's honoring and pleasing to God, then I think sexual purity is of utmost importance, and it's important that we not allow these things in our heart. Uh, these things to live in our heart and our life. Okay. In addition to um, pornography, another aspect of sexual sin may be um, cheating on your spouse or infidelity. Some men would t- would say, you know, that's expected. Even some women would say it's, it's expected of men. Men are just wired to cheat and that's normal. What's your response to that? Well, again, I just, I just would... Uh, 
disagree with that. I don't I don't doubt that it is normal, you know, left to the natural inclination and proclivities of our flesh. Uh, it, it, maybe that is normal for, for men to do that. But the fact is, as Christian believers in God, uh, followers of Christ, uh, Christians, Christ ones, we're called to emulate Christ, to be like Jesus, and to not be like the culture of this world system. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, a familiar scripture. Therefore, I, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, you see. Yeah, that's the pattern of this world. Men cheat. Men uh, have affairs. Men commit adultery. But certainly, as Christian men, we're called to be very different. And uh, the Bible teaches us that we should no longer... Uh, be controlled by the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Uh, I'm thinking of one other scripture here. Let me see if I can find it quickly. I believe it's in uh, Galatians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. I love this scripture. Paul says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from this present evil age. So yeah, there's a lot of crazy, sinful, uh, sexualized things happening in this uh, world system, but Paul says here that that's the very reason that Jesus came, to rescue us from this present evil age. And so uh, certainly I can't imagine that adultery would be justified in a believer's life uh, under any circumstances. So the men listening right now that are struggling with sexual sin and want to transform their lives, what are some steps they can take? Uh, well, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, boy, there's so many things that I could say here. You know how a diamond is one stone, but if you examine it, it's got many different facets all around it, and that contributes to the beauty. And there isn't just one or two simple answers to this question. I might suggest that there's many different facets to it. Uh, A couple things that occur to me, if a man is interested in sexual purity, I think the first thing uh, is to uh, kind of an admission Uh, to admit to yourself how much you're struggling and maybe uh, how deeply entrenched this issue and this problem is in your heart and life. I think that confession is a very important step. Uh, uh, I think coming into the light, uh, most of the time uh, men do these things in secrecy. Uh, Sexual sin tends to be very shame-based and therefore men uh, have a tendency to keep their secrets and they don't tell anybody because certainly, you know, I don't want anybody to know if I'm acting out sexually. I don't want uh, I don't want my wife to know. I don't want my friends at church to know. I don't want my pastor to know. So I keep secrets. So I really believe that a significant stepping stone in the healing journey will involve a man coming to the place where he's willing to move into the light. And this doesn't mean that he has to blab his junk to everybody and anybody, but I do believe that it will involve him 
coming clean and confessing to at least one or maybe a couple trusted people uh, who he really is, the things he's really doing, the things he's really struggling with, and uh, entering into maybe an accountability relationship with some brothers uh, as they seek to work on this together. And then I think another aspect uh, goes back to this concept of story. I think it has something to do with a man really trying to understand the story of his life and trying to come to terms with the reality of why sex holds so much power in his soul and in his life and uh, trying to understand the roots of that, uh, where that comes from. And then ultimately, uh, if I had to choose one word that uh, that truly is is probably a key word for a man really changing his life in this area, I would choose the word repentance, James, because uh, repentance is profoundly important in the life of a Christian. Uh, Repentance is the spiritual energy that empowers God to change the human heart. Uh, When I come to a place of repentance, my heart is broken before God because of my sin, And uh, God is able to change my heart from the inside out. And ultimately, I would advocate that this is what we need as Christian men. We need God to do something on the inside of us to change our heart so that... uh, so that uh, we don't have the lust orientation and so that this sexual stuff doesn't hold the power over us that has compelled us for so long uh, to dishonor God and to do these things that we know we shouldn't be doing. And your website um, deals with the called The Power of Purity. It has a lot of resources for helping me. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with The Power of Purity? Yes, sir. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the ministry is called The Power of Purity. If guys are interested, they could go to the website. It's www.powerofpurity.org, and there's a whole bunch of resources there. I do a conference. Uh, well, let me say, first of all, I've written three books on the topic of sexual purity. Uh, I do a conference called The Power of Purity Conference, And that conference now consists of 30 sessions. Over the years, I just keep adding new sessions, James. And currently, there are 30 sessions in the entire conference. And uh, those 30 sessions, reflecting back on the diamond metaphor, it's kind of like looking at 30 different aspects or facets of this issue of God and men and sex and helping men understand different aspects of uh, why we've struggled with sex and how to deal with this issue and how to bring our sexual gift under the authority of Christ. So the Power of Purity conference is there. And by the way, uh, the conference, these 30 sessions, if a guy listened to the whole conference back-to-back, it's over 23 hours of... uh, of information, which I I know sounds like a lot. In one sense it is, in another sense it isn't. But let me just say this as a licensed professional counselor. I work with a lot of men who are struggling with sexual issues. And when we do uh, therapeutic work in counseling, uh, the, the things that we end up talking about, many of the things we end up talking about are the very things I'm speaking to in these 30 different sessions. So I'm not saying that listening to the Power of Purity Conference is the equivalent of 
going to counseling, but what I am saying is that it's just a lot of good, basic, important information that's going to help a man understand himself and deal with some root issues around the issues of sex probably than he ever has before. So there's the books, there's the Power of Purity uh, conference, and then I have a podcast myself. It's called uh, the Power of Purity podcast. It's available on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, all the uh, typical uh, podcast outlets. Uh, it's also available at the website www.powerofpurity.org, and there's a podcast link. You can click on that and then listen to uh, the podcast and check it out. And of course, uh, there's a lot of good information there. And uh, there's other other things there on the website too. But there's a whole bunch of information. If you go to the website, you'll find a lot of good stuff there. And I th- you think you mentioned your counsel also. If I can't find a counselor locally that I trust or just can't find one, are you available to counsel people? Yes, sir. I I am. Yes, I'm. I'm in the St. Louis area. And uh, ideally, the ideal situation is to counsel uh, live, face-to-face, but in this uh, day and age with te- in technology, I do have men from around the country call me, and we can counsel over the phone or over Skype so that we can see each other. So I would be available if anybody would be interested. So if I wanted to find more about you, is your website the best way to find more about you? Yes, uh, probably would be, absolutely, the power of purity. I do have a uh, counseling website also. It's uh, freedomcounselingservice.org. And so uh, that's the name of the of the counseling service, Freedom Counseling Service. And if a guy Googles that, uh, you could look at the counseling website or just go to the Purity website. But my contact information is there. And if anybody wanted to chat with me or had any questions, I'd be happy to talk with them. Thanks so much, Tony, for sharing that information with us. I think a lot of men have been blessed. And just thank you for joining us. James, God bless you. I appreciate the opportunity. That was Tony Ingrazia, pastor of the Outpost Church and executive director of Freedom Counseling Service. Sexual sin is something that most men have or will struggle with on some level. We have to stay vigilant and follow the advice from Tony to make sure that it does not destroy our families. If this podcast was a blessing to you, please let us know by emailing us at contact at leadingmennow.com. That's contact at leadingmennow.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Leading Men Now. And let's continue the conversation with the hashtag Leading Men Now. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week.